freedom is a word that God invented. Freedom is a word that is on the heart of God. He doesn't like bondage. He doesn't like slavery. God sets the captive free. Amen. God is the one who sets the captive free. Let me take a few minutes of your time and let me quickly invite our speaker. Lord Jesus, you are the one who sent the spirit of God to touch our hearts, to speak to us, to remind us who we are and why we live. Oh God, may the spirit of God do his work while we uh, while we surrender, while we respond appropriately. In Jesus name I pray. Amen. Let me take you to Galatians chapter 5. It opens with this beautiful statement says, for freedom, Christ has set us free. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit yourself again. Do not submit yourself again to the yoke of slavery. Now, where is Paul in his letter? Where is he writing this? Where is this coming from? Chapter 3 and chapter 4 has been talking about going under the law again, going back in apostasy to uh, Judaic system so that, uh, so that there is a righteousness that comes from external behavior, external ritual, external duty, right? Okay, so when we were studying that, we saw that uh, Paul confronted Peter, just a bit of background here. Paul confronted Peter and he said, dude, what you did was wrong. Not only was it wrong from getting up with those Gentiles and going and sitting with the Jews over there, you were setting a wrong example and you were setting an angled trend. Uh, you were setting a tangent to the direction of the church because you set that small tangent off and you show in your, in your behavior a wrong example and it's going to go all the way off. Let me tell you how it's going to go off. People are going to start adding laws and duties and rituals and ceremonies to Christianity so that by the end of it, the spirit is completely lost and all you have is the law. All you have is this is how we've always done it. This is how we do this. This is how we do that. Customs and traditions will take over and religion will be all about how we do it rather than who you are. And it is for freedom that Christ has set you free, not so that you can go back into slavery again. Peter, watch what you're doing. Watch your behavior because you're setting a tangent that's going to land up where, where, where religion and spirituality takes you to a place where it is completely external. As the Bible says and Jesus, and Jesus himself said, they have a form of godliness. They will have a form of godliness. They will feel good on the outside, but their hearts are like whitewashed caves whitewashed tombs. Jesus is all about freedom and he went to the cross to set you free from any bondage. Brothers and sisters, men and women, boys and girls, God wants you free and the laws that make you feel good because you obeyed them, the laws that make you feel that you have a right standing with God, the rituals and ceremonies that you think you have been obeying all your life, which makes you a committed Christian or a committed believer or a good person, aren't what God thinks is freedom. In fact, it is a false righteousness that God abhors. And that is what we are talking about. Paul then goes to chapter 4 where he, talks, he takes an example of Hagar and, uh, and uh, Sarah. And he says, there's these two women who are like an allegory. They are like two covenants. One was the law and one was grace. One was promise. And the seed of those who come from the law, from promise, the one who comes from the promise is truly free because he becomes a son. And you have been given the spirit of sonship. You are not a slave. 
<coughs> you are not a slave. You have been given the spirit of sonship. And he covers that in chapter four. And then he finally launches into this beautiful statement that he says in Galatians, for freedom, Christ has set you free. Now, when you have been set free, you need to do one thing. Circle, stand firm. You need to stand firm. That's odd. If I've been set free, why do I need to stand firm? Because you were, you were enslaved by your mind. You were enslaved by your emotions. You were enslaved by false teaching that drew you into a false spirituality, a false religion, a false external uh, 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 religion and, and, and laws and rituals that made you feel good. And these are laws that man put on man. Man put on man. Like I said on Friday, uh, when you want to live, when you want a righteousness that comes from the law, you are going to create laws that you can actually fulfill. But God made laws that nobody can fulfill so that everyone might come to faith and righteousness by the grace of Christ. For freedom, Christ has set you free. So now you're free. So what do you got to be, be careful about? That you don't get taken to slavery again. So therefore you need to stand firm. Stand firm therefore. What do you stand firm for? Do not submit again. That means it, you did it before. Do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. Brothers and sisters. As believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. We have been set free from anything. That makes us good. Coming from us. Our goodness comes from the Lord Jesus. It is his garb of righteousness. That we have placed upon us. That make us good. There is no good within us. As much as the government, sorry, as much as the world today wants to tell you that we are intrinsically good. Well, we were not anymore. Uh, as much as people want to say, oh, we are, uh, you know, people can be good. No, no, don't go down that track. Stand firm and remember that in the sight of God and by God's standards, it is the righteousness of Christ that makes us good. I cannot be gooder than you. And that's not even a word. You can't be better than me. I can't be holier than you. You can't be holier than me. But we can both be equally holy in Christ. And if you are holy in Christ, then Christ has forgiven your sin. If Christ has forgiven your sin, I have no right to hold back forgiveness from you. If Christ has forgiven my sin, you have no right to hold back forgiveness from me. And God creates a freedom within which we are able to walk and move. In him we move and have our being, the Bible says. That is why he has set us free. Drop with me to verse 4. He, uh, verse 2. He says, look, I, Paul, look at me. I'm talking to you. I'm telling, look, look who's talking here. I'm telling, if you accept circumcision, he's talking to Peter and the, the Jews there. If you accept circumcision, Christ is of no advantage to you because I testify every man who accepts circumcision is obligated to keep, circle keep, the whole, circle whole law. Don't take one law and then count yourself holy because you can obey that one law. People like to take one law that they are easy in, one law that they don't find, don't struggle to break, right? And they hold themselves holier than everybody else. If you're going to take one law, keep the whole law. If you're going to take circumcision, then keep the whole law. You are severed from Christ using the same analogy. You are severed from Christ. You who choose, you who think you can be justified by the law. What does that mean? Big words. Let me simplify it. We have children in our midst. Jesus doesn't like it when you set up a lifestyle of religion, set up a lifestyle of spirituality that makes you look good because of how you behave. 
You are not good because of how you behave. You behave the way you behave because you have made, been made good. Because you are like Jesus. There is no one holier than anybody else. We are holy because we have Jesus. By the law, you have fallen away from grace. This is where that phrase is used, fallen away from grace. How do we fall away from grace? When we, when we turn from grace and we choose law, what is the law? Law is a self-reliance. Law is saying, I can be good on my own. Law is saying, I can be a good believer. I can be a good follower of Christ on my own. Law is saying, I can live the Christian life on my own. All I need to do is this, 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 and I can. You're not, you don't, you're not as good as me because I don't do the things you do. And then you, you, you boil it down to uh, drinking, smoking, and, 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 and habits. Or you boil it down to tithing and, and, and faithful attendance in the church. You make something external and you apply that to yourself. You say, I do that. I must be good. No, nobody's good. We are good because of Jesus. And without Jesus, we are no good. And we cannot take that law and apply it to somebody else. And remember, every time we apply a law to ourselves, a law that's easy for us, we apply the same law to others. And sometimes that law is not easy for them and we condemn. So he says, you who are justified would be justified by the law. You have fallen away from grace. Verse five, for through the spirit, the, the word for could also be used as because, because through the spirit, by faith, we ourselves eagerly wait, circle hope for the hope of righteousness. This righteousness that has been promised to you when you enter heaven, this righteous state has been gifted to you and we hope in this righteousness. I don't hope in my own righteousness. I don't, I don't hope uh, that I will stand before God and God will count my deeds. No, 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 no. When I stand before God, my hope is in who Jesus is. And because of how good he is, I know I'm going to walk into heaven. And you say, that's not fair. <laughs> that's not fair. Grace is not fair. But you know what? Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. What you're going to do about it? Jesus loves me. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only circle faith working through circle love, only faith working through love. These are the two things that make us who we are, faith working through love. So he gets so frustrated with these people. He says, you were running so well, circle the word running. You were doing so, that's progress, man. You were running so well. Who hindered you? Circle who? That's a person. It's always people who bring about this law system when Christ has set you free. It's church leaders. It's influential people. It's false prophets. It's false uh, spiritual leaders, false gurus and ungodly parents who set upon us laws that make us feel good only because we obeyed the law. So we are good in people's eyes rather than in God's eyes. Anything that we make uh, possible by our self-reliance is pride. Anything that we make possible by self-reliance is not goodness in God's book. You are running so well. Who? Who came into your life? Who preached to you? Who told you? Who brought you up that way? Who hindered you from circle obeying? That's behavior. The truth, that's Jesus. I tell you, this persuasion didn't come from the one who calls you. That's Jesus. Jesus didn't did this. This comes from somewhere else. Let's dig in. Where does this come from? Chapter uh, verse nine. It comes from pride. A little leaven leavens up the whole lump. 
We have breaking of bread. The reason the bread breaks on the Sabbath is because on the Sabbath bread is made without yeast. Bread is made without yeast. And when without yeast, it doesn't become fluffy and beautiful like we like to make sandwiches with. It breaks. It breaks. It breaks because it is without yeast. Jesus' body was broken because it is without sin. A little leaven up, a little leaven doesn't stay in one place. The yeast works through the whole bread and the whole bread rises equally. It gets puffed up. False spirituality, self-reliance, pride that comes from personal accomplishment spiritually puffs you up. It doesn't make you humble. It doesn't make you humble and it doesn't stay in one area. It goes to every area of your life. A little leaven, a little leaven, that's sarcastic. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. When you put yeast into uh, the dough, when you're, you just have to put a little bit. There's a lot of dough, a little yeast. A lot of people, a little pride. Whoa. Verse 13. Drop with me to verse 13. For you, you were called to freedom. You were called to freedom. Brothers, just don't use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. Now I want you to understand this before you leave. I want you to understand this as the message for this morning. Do not use your opportunity, uh, sorry, your freedom. Do not use the freedom that God has given you as an opportunity for the flesh. Okay, so I'm going to ask in a minute, what does the flesh want? But through love, serve one another. Underline that please. Through love, serve one another. So the antidote for pride, 11 in verse 9, 11 pride in verse 9 and the antidote for self-reliance verse 13 the flesh I can do it on my own the flesh the antidote to pride and the antidote to self-reliance is service for freedom you have been set free you've been called to freedom brothers do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh but but through love serve one another through love serve one another service is what keeps you humble Service is what keeps you real. Service is what protects you from religion. Service is what protects you from self-reliance. Service is what keeps you real, keeps you broken. So he says in verse 16, But I say to you, Paul saying, Walk by the Spirit. Capital S, that's the Holy Spirit. Walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Now, Paul, what are you talking about? This verse has been taught to us over the years and we've understood this verse as the desires of the flesh being sin and the desires of the spirit being holiness. Is that true? Yes, it is true. Is that right in its interpretation? Yes, it is. But in the context, what he is saying is, I say to you, if you walk by the spirit, that means there's the spirit and there's the flesh. There's my human flesh. There's my human desires, my human identity, my human uh, occupation, my human pride, my human dig uh, dignity, whatever. And there's the spirit of God that's living in me. If I walk in step with the spirit, if I live by the spirit, I breathe by the spirit, I think with the spirit, I pray in the spirit. If I if you walk by the spirit, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Ask the question, what are the desires of the flesh? I'll tell you, the desires of the flesh is a holiness that comes from self-reliance. I repeat, the desires of the flesh is a holiness, a goodness, a pride. Uh, I'm a good person that comes from self-reliance. I'm a good person because of my own character. I'm a good person because of my own efforts. Rubbish, you're not. I'm a good person because... Uh, of the family I come from. I'm a good person because I'm educated and I know. I'm a good person because I have revelation from God. I'm a good person. No, 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 no. 
You are not a good person because of anything to do with you, but for the grace of Christ. But for the grace of Christ. So what are the desires of the flesh? The desire of the flesh is always to buy, to be justified by obeying the law. Please understand that. The desire of the flesh is to be a good person in my own strength, by my own will. The whole world is out there doing it. Quit that. You've been given the spirit of God. But if you walk in the spirit, you walk in the spirit, things will change. So go to verse, uh, go to verse 17. Verse 16, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are contrary. They are against the, the, the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. I'm going to close in a minute. What are the desires of the flesh? Reliance on my own ability, reliance on my traditions, reliance on my denomination, reliance on my on my upbringing. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. And that's against the spirit because what does the spirit want? What is the desires of the spirit? Freedom. The spirit wants freedom, freedom from any bondage, any yoke of slavery that once again takes you back to saying, if I behave like this, if I do like this, if I walk like this, if I dress like this, if I act like this, if I eat this, if I observe these days, then I'm a good person. Those are yokes. Those are slavery. That's not what God wants. And God wants you to be free. God wants you to live the spiritual life in the spirit, not in the flesh. Read Romans chapter 8. So he says the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. What are the desires of the flesh? Self-reliance. What are the desires of the spirit? Freedom. God wants freedom. Freedom from human effort. Switch your engine to the spirit of God. If you walk by the spirit. So my brothers and sisters, freedom, maintaining freedom is becoming a student of spiritual living. How do you live by the spirit? And spirituality is not mysticism. Spirituality is not spiritism. Spirituality is not Zenism. Spirituality is not yoga. Spirituality is not mental health or mindfulness. Spirituality has got nothing to do with the flesh. Spirituality is being alive to God, living in God, by God's strength, by God's life, by what he breathes through you and living for God. You cannot do that in the flesh. It is impossible. So he says in verse 18, but if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. He doesn't say you are good. <laughs> he says you are not under the law. You are set free. You are free. Many of you are discouraged because you feel guilty about the way you live your spiritual life. Many of you feel far from God. Many of you feel under bondage or many of you feel like you're just not good enough. This morning, I want to encourage you in the fact that you're right. You are always right. But your thinking is wrong. Your thinking is wrong in the fact that you, you brothers, he says, Paul says, you brothers have been called to freedom. For freedom, Christ has set you free. So what Christ has set you free from, don't become a slave to again. That's just ridiculous. So you have to ask the question, what in my modern life have become yokes of slavery? What in my spiritual life is self-reliance? Am I really living by the power of the Holy Spirit in my life? Or am I living the Christian life mimicking what I think the Bible says I should be doing and doing it in my own strength? It's as simple as this. It's as simple as this. In the spirit, the spiritual life is a delight. In the flesh, the spiritual life is a duty. False spiritual systems like laws 
whether it's tithing or serving or witnessing, they become a duty. Sometimes you start from discipline, but they become a duty. But what they need to become is a delight. Discipline that leads to duty that leads to delight. Discipline that leads to duty that leads to delight. You don't have to do anything. You are forgiven and you are free. You're not listening to me. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to tithe. You don't have to love your wife. You don't have to be holy. You don't have to do anything to impress God. You don't have to do anything to reach any standard. You don't have to do anything. So what are you going to do? Are you going to tithe? Why? Are you going to love your wife? Serve your children? Why? Are you going to be a good boss? A good superior? A good mentor? A good coach? You don't have to. Are you going to? Why? Are you going to be a good brother or sister? In your family, in the church? You don't have to. No laws. But why? You don't have to live for Jesus. He's forgiven you. You're free. You don't have to live for Jesus. Are you going to? Why? Answer your why. And your spiritual life will never be the same again. Father God, the realization of this is not going to come from reason. It's going to come from revelation. Open, the, open our hearts and shine the light of God into our hearts. Shine the love of God into our hearts. So that we like Paul might say the love of Christ compels me. I am driven. I am energized. I am led by the spirit of God. And it is the spiritual things that are, that are my food. It, I delight to do your will, O oh God. Teach me your ways. Teach me your statutes. Teach me your will. Your will gives me life. I don't have to do anything. But I want to. Because I am loved. To heaven and back. I'm going to live my life. My life will be a statement of my response to the love of Jesus. No, I don't have to do anything. But I will. Because Jesus, I love you. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for leading me this morning. Thank you for taking over my sermon. Thank you for speaking to your people. Thank you for your voice. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your strength and enabling for this coming week. Thank you for the freedom. Thank you, Lord, for the healing. Thank you, Lord, for, for the healing for our mental illnesses, for our physical ailments. Thank you, God, for the provision in our purse for the coming days. Thank you for the freedom in our country. We bless you. We bless your holy name. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen.
I'm Jeremy Dawson. And if you liked what you just saw, if it was a blessing, then hit the subscribe button. Come on, you can do it. Hit the subscribe button. Uh, hit the bell so that we know you want to hear from us. Lots of videos coming your way. Songs, worship, encouragement. Come on, subscribe. Let's take this forward and share with somebody you might know. Write a comment in the section below. But let's see you guys again. Come on, subscribe.